everyone. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. This episode, we're bringing you all the info on the Grand Prix assignments. And joining us for this special episode is Matteo. Hi, Matteo. We're so excited to have Matteo Morelli with us. <laughs> Matteo works with me over at IceDance.com. He is our journalist who covers a lot of the European events that are going on. And we wanted him to be here with us to break down all of these assignments. Hello. Thank you very much for having me back. Really happy to be uh, joining you again and discussing these very interesting uh, assignments, yeah, for the season to come. (laughs) I will say I knew they were coming out last week, but... They got me on Thursday morning. I I don't know. I think I was expecting... Or Wednesday morning. I think I was expecting them on Thursday morning because they tend to be toward a little later. So they got me a little bit. I wasn't planning so much them out on Wednesday. But of course, with every... When they announce the Grand Prix assignments, it always feels like Christmas. And I think I texted the group and said, they're coming. And then we all were like, Merry (laughs) Christmas or whatever. So yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a running um, thing for us. It's our, it's basically a summer Christmas for skating fans. We're always waiting for these to come out. Last year, we had to wait a bit longer than usual just because of all the issues with where were the Grand Prix going to be held. And this year, we didn't have that, so they were able to get them out a little bit earlier. It's always exciting. Again, we want to preface by saying the ban on Russian and Belarusian athletes from participating in international competitions is still in place. So there will be no representatives from those countries on these Grand Prix lists. So that was not a surprise. Um, The ISU is planning to discuss it again in October, I believe. They're going to reevaluate. But as of right now, these are the assignments that we have. Those should not change as far as the addition of those athletes to this list. However, as we know from prior experience, the Grand Prix lists grow and change throughout the period leading up to the series actually starting. So we are giving you what we have in front of us at this time. The waiting game has begun to find out, oh, is someone going to withdraw? Is somebody going to get added? Who's who's it going to be? One of the things that stood out to me is we're getting Cup of China. We haven't had a Cup of China for a few years. I think it was in 2020 when it was just a domestic event. Um, I thought it was kind of strange, and you guys can let me know if you feel the same way the um chinese skaters were not assigned to cup of china that was the first thing i noticed when i was looking at the grand prix assignments um was that china had all these to be determined for their own spots and but then there were chinese skaters assigned to other grand prix events so it was just weird to me that they didn't name their own skaters to Cup of China. Um, now that they will they end up being there? Probably, but it just it just seemed weird to me. But 
It was. It kind of looked like, well, we're going to wait and see what assignments our skaters get, and then we'll make determinations later. I don't know. I still feel it's a little weird to be having this event. I, I don't know. I don't know why, but I just, I think because it's been gone for a couple mm -hmm. of years, it just seems a little straight. It just seems like, oh, okay, we're we're going back to China. It's been a few years. It just, and we're, it doesn't, yeah. We're going back to China twice in the Grand Prix yeah. because the final is in Beijing. So I'm a little nervous. Will China be able to host two events? That's what makes me nervous. Is can they host one event, let alone two? Or should Sheffield be, you know, just saying, I really <laughs> loved that we got that event in Sheffield last year because I think the British fans deserved it. And yeah, I don't know. I guess that's what's making me feel a little strange is, you know, first they're giving up events one year, then now they all of a sudden have two uh, yeah, I guess I'm not quite confident that they will be able to hold to. So I wonder if the ISU has a backup plan. Might be a good idea, too. What do you think, Mateo? Yeah, I was thinking about uh, the fact that hopefully the ISU are quite confident about the events taking place in China, and they would not want to have another change of plans because they already had to reschedule the European Championships, which was cancelled by Hungary being the regional host and now is going to uh, Lithuania. So that that was already quite a big thing. It's a last minute change. There are major events. You cannot really change them overnight. Um, and even, you know, with a small window of four or five months, uh, it, it's not enough time to organise such an event. And, you know, as you said, if something would happen and the event was coming to the UK, which is where I live, I would definitely be happy. But let's hope that things will not change and particularly for the skaters to have a stable season without having to worry too much about their plans having to change and them having to reorganize themselves around them. Yeah, I'm hoping you're right. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that the conversations have been had and that there is a confidence there that these events can go on because I do think it's disruptive when you have to shift things. And we did just have to move Euros to Lithuania so, yeah, let's hope that things can stay the course um, for the rest of the season, for the whole season. I think last season was great because it started to feel really like the old days, but still a little bit new. And I'm hoping that we're continuing now as we are somewhat on the other side of the pandemic. We can continue and just keep things moving in the right direction. I think the interesting thing is that I can remember being in the pandemic and thinking, is it ever going to get back to this? And now I feel like, oh yeah, okay. And the pandemic's like a, is a memory that we'll always have. Oh, remember when that happened? Oh my gosh, yes, mm -hmm. everything got shut down. So I feel like we're 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 getting in a normal place. That wasn't the only thing, you know, that was a surprise. We're getting some debuts. For me, sometimes it's interesting, too, not only who's on the list, but who isn't. Because you get those retirements, like we had Keegan Messing. Um, and then you get names that are just not on it, like Jason Brown, because we know 
Jason is not going to compete on the Grand Prix. Um, so I always look for that too. Like who's not there? Who is there? And if they're there, are they going to be taken off the list later? Yeah. Well, I think yeah. the one big one that was not on the list was Alexa Kinnearm and Brandon Fraser right off the bat. Not seeing them listed. Not surprised by it, just based on hearing that, you know, Alexa is in Chicago, Brandon is going to do some school, but they left it open if they will come back. But it, it it's really looking like we're not going to see him at all this season because they are also no longer listed on the U.S. Figure Skating's ISP, which is their international selection pool. So that makes it sound like we're not going to see him at all this season. So again, that was like the big one right off the bat that everyone kind of noticed. And when we get to talking about pairs, there was a lot of there that I noticed a lot of new teams in for pairs, but then also filling the void for U.S. figure skating with pairs. It just looked like ooh, we were, you know, less teams listed, especially when it came to Skate America and pairs only had two or U.S. had two to be determined for pairs. Um, so, yeah, but we'll talk about that a little bit. But that was one big surprise. Everybody else, to me, was there wasn't anybody. Keegan Messing, we knew he was retiring. The ones who had made their retirements known um, were not listed, but the ones that we were still up in the air about, Alexa and Brandon, that was one. But I think everybody else was, you know, Piper and Paul's names still listed, meaning they're going to, you know, another season – um, Charlene and Mateo, right, you know. As we know. Correct, I mean, right. They, they could always still can make change, it, yeah. yes. They could still make a decision uh, to not do it. It's so, I think you can tell who's leaving, but not for sure who's actually going to stay because they could still, you know, pull right. out or say, you know what, we're not going to p- compete during the Grand Prix. I mean, we don't have Guillaume. Um, Cizeron and Gabrielle Papadakis are not listed for anything. That doesn't mean that next season they couldn't come back. <clears throat> I think if you're coming back for an Olympics, usually you want like two seasons to mm-hmm. really get yourself. And believe it or not, next season, we're talking the next season after this one is when people would be coming back <laughs> to get ready for the Olympics. So I know, crazy. So I think we should just jump into the men's event um, to start. Let's talk about the men that are going to be gracing us on the Grand Prix series. Well, of course, the world champion, Shomo Uno, kicks off the Grand Prix season. But I noticed he's getting a little later of a start. He's going to start his first one is Cup of China, which is the fourth Grand Prix event. And then his second event is NHK Trophy. Um, so a little later, I feel like we're not seeing him as early as we, we used to, not sure why, but, um, yeah, he won't get started until Cup of China. Of course, uh, we have Junwan Cha competing in Canada in Finland, um, Ilya Malinin in at Skate America in France. Um, and so those are our world, um, world medalists there. So that's where the top three from the world championships last season are heading off to 
Others to mention, uh, Kevin Amos at Skate America. So he'll go with head with Ilya there. And he has Finland as his second. I noticed four Italian men on the Grand Prix. Um, just, again, saying how strong Italy is. Um, you know, Matteo Rizzo, Daniel Grossel, Nikolai Memola is making his Grand Prix debut. Um, moving up from the juniors to seniors, and then Gabrielle Fragipani. Um, so yeah, I, again, four Italian men on the Grand Prix. As we said, Keegan Messing retired at the end of the season, so um, he's not there. Canadian men only have one spot each, which was definitely you know interesting to see, notice that. Um, with Steven Golgolev, Roman Sadovsky, Conrad Orzel, and Wesley Chu. Um, and then a number of men um, with Grand Prix debuts uh, this year as well. So it's a, a little bit there of the men. Uh, Mateo, was there anything with the men that you noticed? I know you looked up some facts and things about each discipline with the Grand Prix, like who's the youngest, who's the oldest, how many Grand Prix they've had. So give us some of those details. Yeah, I did a bit of uh, data analysis because it's probably the professional me not being able to get away outside <laughs> <laughs> of work. But um, in the men's event, we have 41 men and seven that still need to be determined. And eight of them will have a Grand Prix debut. So it's not a large number compared to all the other ones that have already been on a Grand Prix before. But it's quite important, as you mentioned, Nikolai and other names that will join the, the field. And hopefully they will give us very interesting competitions to follow. Um, in terms of those that have attended the highest number of Grand Prix events. We have Shoma Uno, of course, being the one that went to 19 events, uh, followed by Young Jin, uh, 14, and Denise Vasiliev, 12. So they've all done quite a lot of events. And in terms of medals, of course, the one that has got the highest number of medals is Shoma Uno, 17 medals in total. So it's quite an important number. In terms of age, the youngest one will be uh, Lucas Broussard from the United States, 17 years old. And also from the United States will be the oldest one currently listed on the men's Grand Prix, which is Jimmy Ma, 27 years old. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's very interesting. You know, Luca Broussard is making his Grand Prix debut. Another one from the U.S. making his Grand Prix debut that I... I can't even believe that Andrew Torgashev has not debuted on the Grand Prix before now. Yes. That's what I was wondering. <laughs> I was like, huh? He is not? But no. And Maxim Numoff hasn't either because no. he's only did the 2020 domestic Skate America. Right. Right. So we're really not counting the domestic Grand Prix season in this um, as far as debuts. It's pretty incredible. To see, I mean, Andrew Torgashev, we've been watching him for such a long time. Of course, we talked about his return last season and his performances that were incredible, considering he had been out. We had not seen him. I think it's going to be a really exciting Grand Prix for the men. I mm -hmm. am excited to see all of those new faces get to make their debuts. It's it's just it's like they're freshmen and they're coming into high school and this is 
their chance to make an impression. So I'm excited for them to have the opportunity. And I like when, you know, the juniors come up to the seniors. So like Nozumu Yoshioka, who was the world junior bronze medalist, he's coming up to the senior Grand Prix. I really just like seeing that. Once they've hit that milestone in the junior level, then they kind of come up and it's a new face uh, fresh names for people who may not follow the juniors as closely as some. Um, so I like seeing that. And so not only, you know, Andrew has been on in the senior ranks for a little bit domestically. Um, now he's coming up, you know, with the senior Grand Prix, but I like seeing the ones who, you know, the juniors too coming up into the ranks um, and getting their opportunity to test the waters out on the senior Grand Prix. Well, and another um, skater that had an impact last year that was junior but also skated at some of the senior events is Andreas Nordebach of Sweden. Um, this will be his first season as a senior skater, fully season, fully senior skater. And uh, he had a, a big impact last season. So let's move on to the women. One thing that stood out to me is that Kaori Sakamoto was not assigned to NHK. Um, That was a big surprise because I expected that NHK would be her, you know, her second event. Just because, I mean, she's the world champion. Japan is her home country. It would make sense to have your highest level skater there. However, that is not the case. She will be at Skate Canada and then the Grand Prix Espa. Yeah, that was a surprise to me that she was not assigned NHK. Because don't the Japanese fans want to see her compete? But, you know, maybe this was her choice that she didn't want to go to NHK or um, and wanted... I don't know. But that was an interesting... um, thing that I noted right away there. Luna Hendricks will be competing at Skate America for the first time. That's her first time competing in the U.S. I I mean, I talked to her at Stars on Ice and she was excited just to get to perform in the U.S. and now she is going to get to compete in the U.S. So that's exciting for her. She will also compete at Cup of China. Haiyan Lee, the big breakout star of last season, um, who, you know, surprised a lot of us when she meddled at Four Continents and meddled at Worlds. She will compete at France and NHK Trophy. Isabeau Levito will be at Skate America. So Luna and Isabeau both there at Skate America. So that should be an interesting um, competition there. And then Isabeau has her next Grand Prix in France. So two weeks later. Brady Tunnell has two late Grand Prix assignments again, China and Japan, and I think that may be, again, Brady's choice. I know the last season she did two late Grand Prix, um, so she is later in the um, series. My Mihara also getting a later start with China and Japan. I'm not sure if... Again, her choice, if there's an injury or what, and she just wants extra time. But she's, again, with a later start. I noticed these later starts as I was looking at them, and I was like, some of these 
names that we thought maybe we'd see at Skate America or Skate Canada are starting at Cup of China um, and not starting with the first three Grand Prix. So, um, but again, that's all depends on maybe they they're choosing or um, the Federation's choosing of giving them extra time and that. Wakaba Haguchi is returning to the Grand Prix after missing last season. I know that's exciting for a lot of people. I am looking forward to seeing her back. Um, and then again, we've got Grand Prix debuts. Um, Hana Yoshida, Mon Shiba, um, Shayan Kim. Lots of Grand Prix assignments. Kaya, Kaya Rudder um, of Canada. So, yeah. Mateo, give me some facts about the women here. I am ready for that. So, <laughs> <laughs> we are going to, we, we currently had 36 women, plus 10 to be determined. There is a predominance of Japanese skaters with 10 here. And uh, also there, there are 11 men from Japan. So quite a large presence from the Japanese uh, teams. So with the women, there are nine skaters that are going to do their debut. You named a few of them already. The one, uh, again, not very surprisingly, but the, the one that has got the highest number of Grand Prix uh, events attended is Kaori Sakamoto, 13, followed by Mai Mihara, 12, and Wakabe Gucci, 11. And in terms of medals, uh, both Kaori and Mai have the highest number of medals. So uh, it's, yeah, quite a good um, picture to draw about these events. Um, in terms of age, so the youngest one is going to be Jana Jurkinen from Finland, which will be uh, 16 years old. And the oldest one is Nicole Schott of Germany at 26. Now, you said 10 to be determined spots. Is that the highest of all the disciplines? Let me just check on my Excel document, but it might be. It is indeed, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a lot of to yeah. be determined. Yeah. That's again. I think three of them are chi are from China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They really didn't. Wow. They yeah, must... and we might yeah. see quite a lot of changes there because there are three from China, three from Finland, two from France. So it's there's I think space there for quite a lot of changes to to happen and maybe names that we we see only having one Grand Prix being assigned second one or outsiders to be brought in. Well, let's move on to pairs. Riku Miura and Ryuchi Kahara are going to kick off their Grand Prix season. I'm so jealous, Gina. You're going to Skate America. They're going <laughs> to be I get to there. see them again. Yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> I'm hoping to be at Skate America. And they were, they weren't at Skate America this year, but I, no, no, but they were um, in Vegas the year before. So I did yeah. get to see them. But yes, I'm looking forward to seeing them again um, at Skate America. And then their next um, Grand Prix is in front of that Japanese crowd at NHK Trophy. So they're going to bookend the Grand Prix series. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Again, of course, no Alexa Kinnearum and Brandon Frazier. But we do have Sarah Conti and Nicola Machi competing at Grand Prix in France and Finland. Deanna Stilato-Dudak and Maxime Deschamps competing at Skate Canada and Cup of China. And then I think our highest ranked team left in the U.S. is Emily Chan and Spencer Howe. They are 
going to have some late Grand Prix because they're going to China and NHK. Yeah. I don't know why they... I mean, I thought it was strange they weren't given the automatic Skate America berth because they're our highest ranked team. Yeah. But, yeah. That's what I'm wondering, too, if, you know, maybe there is some recovery from an injury there. I'm not quite sure. But, yeah, it was very surprising not to see them listed for Skate America um, and them only being at China and, you know, starting their Grand Prix at China and then at NHK. Yeah. And then Valentina Plazas and Maximiliano Fernandez are named to Skate America. Um, so they'll be the one team that's been assigned there. There are also two to be determined for the USA at that competition. But there are a bunch of debuts coming this season, including Ellie Cam and Danny O'Shea, who, of course, went to the World Championships last year. Um, we also have Anastasia Golobova and Hector Giotopoulos Moore who will be making the jump to the Senior Grand Prix, um, as well as some other teams. Uh, I was a little surprised Chang Peng and Li Wang. I really had grown to like Peng and Jin, so I'm not sure what happened there. Um, I'm not sure either. Kind of, yeah, it's kind of sad because I was a big fan of the original team, Yu and Jin, way back before Peng and Jin started skating together was really disappointed when that team split up. Um, so yeah, I guess we're going to get to see that, um, that team. Uh, as well as Leah Pereira and Trent Michaud and Lucrezia Bacari, Matteo Goris from Italy. I mean, this is a pretty packed um, pairs list with lots of debuts. I think there were a lot of partnerships in the offseason, or new teams that came about late in the season last year that did not debut on the Grand Prix. So, Mateo, what do you have for us in terms of statistics? So we have a total of 25 uh, pairs nominated so far and seven that still need to be determined. The highest country uh, in terms of uh, teams is going to be the USA with six spots, but they currently have only four of them being currently assigned. So we, if we look at the next one in line, Italy is the highest one with five teams already announced and going to compete at all different events. So nine uh, pairs will be at the first Grand Prix together. So quite a lot of new teams over here as well, particularly considering the total number, 25. Uh, the uh, one that uh, will enter the competition with the highest number of GPs attended uh, will be um, Rebecca Ghilardi and Filippo Rosini from Italy with seven Grand Prix so far under their belt. And the highest number of medals uh, is currently with Riko Miura and Ryuchi Chiara, of course, from Japan. Um, in terms of age, so uh, with women, the youngest one is Anastasia Kolugeva, representing Australia and 17 years old. And the oldest one is the legendary Diana Stellato, which just turned 40, representing Canada. In terms of men, so the youngest one is a bit of a fun fact. We have two skaters that were born exactly on the 25th of June 2002, and they are Hector uh, Giotopoulos Moore from Australia and Flavien Gignot from France. 
So we don't know which one of them is the youngest one, but I'm just <laughs> assuming that the Australian one, having born in Australia, has the advantage of the <laughs> time zone. <laughs> That's a and, fun fact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll have to find out at the competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the oldest one is Matteo Guarise from Italy, which is 34 years old. So interesting that Matteo decided to continue his Paris career because at 34, that's usually, I mean, people have retired before 34, but he must really love competing. But Deanna's so, 40. I know. The <laughs> so, bar has been changed. The, yeah. And I think that at home Olympics might be keeping Mateo in um, mm-hmm. with it now only what, three years away. So maybe yeah. that's what's driving him to keep going. Um, but yeah, you know, Deanna's 48, no age now. <laughs> it's exciting, too, because Italy does have potential to have the three spots for the Olympics. And they have three solid pair teams to send. So I'm I'm excited to see how this plays out over the next couple seasons. Now, Matteo, you mentioned, did you say Rebecca Gilardi and Filippo Ambrosini had the, what was it, most Grand Prix? I guess, yeah, tendencies at Grand Prix events. Yeah, and it's just, it's interesting because Sarah and Niccolo were really the top team for Italy um, this past season. So, you know, but Rebecca and Filippo are on the Grand Prix. It's just, it was interesting that they've had the most uh, Grand Prix, you know, uh, assignments. Um, and then Sarah and Niccolo have had just the more success um, recently, recently. Yeah, it's a very small different to be fair so the numbers are you know quite the same uh, Rebecca and Filippo went to seven Grand Prix while Sarah and Nicola uh, went to four so far okay. but in terms of medals Rebecca and Filippo have won gold from the Grand Prix of Finland last year which allowed them to qualify to the Grand Prix final while um, Sarah and Nicola gained two medals at the Grand Prix last year and they um then won the silver, uh, sorry, the uh, sorry bronze medal at the Grand Prix final last year. So they, I think that that's the moment where Sarah and Nicolò were starting to tell themselves, "Hold on, we got something good this year. Let's see where we can get to." And yeah. the rest of history. Yeah, the Italian pairs have been just kind of like the Italian men have been, um, just these teams coming out, and uh, you know, with Lucrezia and Matteo as well. That's a third team for Italy. Um, and then I believe there's another Italian team on the Grand Prix as well. Um, just there's, yeah, it's just, I'm really excited for Italian skating right now because there's just a lot of names and uh, faces that are really gunning for that Olympics in three years. It's coming up before you know, mm-hmm. it, we're going to be talking about that Olympics. We're going to be in the middle of that season. <laughs> But let's not go that fast. Yeah. Let's slow down. Let's talk a little bit about Ice Dance. It's headlined by world champions Madison Chalk and Evan Bates, who will be making their debut at Skate America. And then finishing out their Grand Prix series at Grand Prix Aspa. Um, Dance only had four to be determined, which I think is the smallest number. But still, there were 34 teams listed. I I was blown away. 
Um, silver medalists from Worlds, Charlene Guignard, Michael Fabry are going to make have their debut Grand Prix France and then NHK Trophy. Bronze medalists, Piper Gillis and Paul Poirier, Skate Canada and Cup of China. As usual, they're not going to see each other or compete against each other, at least on the Grand Prix series, until the final. But anything can happen, and I think, um, you know, as of right now, I think Wignard and Fabry are, are the only ones that I am pretty confident will be on the Grand Prix series. The other two teams have the right to retire or step back for the fall season. I mean, Guignard and Fabre could do that too, but I don't think they will. They're so competitive and they seem to really enjoy comp- like being out there in that environment. So I don't see them doing that. Um, also returning, Laurence Fournier-Baudry, Nikolai Sorensen, who had a really great season last year. Um, Caitlin Hawaii, John Luke Baker will be back after missing uh, Four Continents, Worlds, and the U.S. Championships. be great to have them back as part of the fall international scene. And Lila Fear and Lewis Gibson of Great Britain, those, you know, are three teams that could make a move this season to challenge those that are ahead of them. Um, I'm excited for the dance scene this season, I think. <clears throat> no one has actually stepped away it looks like it's going to be very similar to this year of course that can change but I think even if one or the two of the teams decides to take a step back there's a lot of talent still there so it can make for an exciting season um we have a bunch of debuts including Olivia Smart and Tim Deke who are going to be skating for Spain They have one Grand Prix assignment, so they will appear at Skate America in Allen, Texas. We also have a bunch of debuts, including last year's podium finishers at the World Junior Championships. Moraskova and Morazek of Czech Republic will be debuting. Hannah Lim and Ye Kwan, who were the silver medalists, um, also debuting. And then Nadia Bashinska and Peter Beaumont will debut as well. Emily Zingas and Vadim Kolesnik, who kind of had a splash last season at the U.S. Championships and at their internationals, will have two Grand Prix assignments and will also have the debut of Maria Ignateva and Daniel Zemko. Mateo, what do you have for statistics for us? Well, you mentioned already a few numbers, so that's great, Stephanie. Uh, 34 <laughs> teams, four to be determined. The... Uh, uh, the, the, the ones having their first Grand Prix uh, are going to be sixth out of the Alice Dance teams out there. The country with highest representation is going to be the United States with 10 teams, although one needs to be determined. And uh, well, I think you mentioned the medalists from the World Championship last year, so they are definitely the ones that have got the highest number of GP attendances and medals, uh, Chuck and Bates from the United States are the first ones there. They've been to 25 Grand Prix already and they collected 16, 16 medals. So it's quite remarkable thinking about those numbers. Uh, they're followed by uh, Piper and Paul from Canada with 23 Grand Prix and uh, 15 medals and uh, Shalene and Marco from Italy with 20 Grand Prix and 10 medals. 
And in terms of age, so the youngest woman and men are actually going to be the Mrazek siblings, so Katerina and Daniel, Czech Republic, and the oldest woman and men are the Italians, so Charlene Guignard, 33, and Marco Fabri, 35. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Interesting that in Ice Dance it worked out that the youngest and the oldest were part of the same, same team. like teams. Yeah. That that's kind of cool. Well, as Mateo's saying those numbers and like twenty grand prix, I'm doing like the math in my head and I'm going, well, if they had twenty grand prix divided by two, because they most likely had two a year, they've been on the grand prix like ten years, twelve years. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. It's amazing, like to think that the the teams have been competing that se- that long, and then also like in the men's event. And, and women's and pairs to get the longevity of all of those competitors. It's, it's incredible that while we have a lot of new faces, we also have a lot of experienced Grand Prix competitors. So I think there's a great mix to take us through the season. Um, Interesting thing that we haven't really talked about is I know in dance of the 34 teams, 22 of them have two assignments and 12 have only one. So those who have only one could get a to be determined spot. We're not really sure. Um, Also, one team that I thought was kind of left out, Phoebe Becker and James Hernandez. Um... I think they would have benefited from having Grand Prix in Sheffield. However, I still believe that it, there's potential for them to get an assignment this season. I just think that they, um, they're just a very talented team and they looked more mature than a lot of the teams at junior last season. So I'm hoping that they will get maybe one of those to be determined spots so that we'll get to see them on the Grand Prix this season hopefully they'll do well at a challenger event um i guess we'll have to wait and see yeah i agree with you daphne and as you said there are still four spots to be determined but there are potentially other teams that might not compete this season for one reason or the other so chances are not that slim to be yeah named yeah because we see a lot of differences between now and october and we will, of course, come together in October to talk about the Grand Prix series just before it starts. So maybe we'll take a look at what it looked like now versus then, like how many changes there are. I feel like Mateo is going to bring those stats. <laughs> My Excel spreadsheet kept up to date regularly. <laughs> I do a lot of data in my day job too. And so I love statistics. Like I love knowing, oh, there's that many debuts. Well, how many are from this country or how old is this? Like I, that's how my brain works. So it's really fun to, um, to hear that someone else also shares that. It's something that overlaps between work and professional life and outside activities. So is there anything that you guys think that we didn't discuss during this episode that we should bring up before we head into closing? 
maybe personally, I'm quite interested in seeing when it comes to pairs and items, all these newly formed teams that are coming out of partnerships ending last year or the year before. So it will be very interesting. Uh, I'm thinking about Olivia's Martin team, Dick, mm-hmm. which are going to uh, mm-hmm. represent Spain. Olivia, uh, season before last, the Olympic season, had a super strong season with, Ari- with Adrian Diaz. And she's now pairing up with a skater, which I think is very strong as well. But it will be in- interesting to see how they will join the uh, the season and yeah, um, how much they, they can stack- actually get bigger already. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they stack up against other teams. Mm -hmm. The first season is always the most tricky because you're getting used to each other. Mm -hmm. And both of them are Olympians. So the level of skating, I think, is there. It's just going to to be seeing how they mesh together going forward. I'm really excited to see that partnership. I'm really excited also to see how the... All the skaters from junior moving up to senior are going to fare. There's always that adjustment. You're trying to figure out, well, I'm leaving junior behind, but you still, some skaters still look a little junior Mm -hmm. in their skating. And so it takes time. So while some can jump up to senior and have an immediate impact, for others it takes a longer time because they have to transition and adjust and I think it's more of a marathon for them versus a quick turnaround and a quick result achievement. I'm also looking forward and I forgot to mention it in the men but Yuma Kagiyama is back. We talked about Wakaba Haguchi (laughs) being back and we were excited about but Yuma is back as well um, in France and at NHK Trophy. So I'm looking forward to seeing him back and seeing how he has um, recovered from his injury and how he's looking and and just bringing that presence that he brings where he just looks like he has so much fun out there and just enjoys the himself. Um, so yeah, I that was one that as I'm going back and looking through, I was like, oh my God, Yuma. Um, and, you know, I'm l- really looking forward to him being back, as well as we we mentioned Wakaba Haguchi, another one who I find brings a lot of joy, and I enjoy her skating very much, and so I'm glad she is back um, on the Grand Prix as well. So a lot of those ones that, you know, maybe we didn't see them last season that are back, I'm looking forward to that. But I also noticed, too, the U.S. men, it was very much like... For Skate Canada, it's only Liam Kapakis. Um, at NHK Trophy, it's just Camden. We have, like, the smallest number of men right now. We're not even sending anyone to Finland. Um, and that was interesting to me to see a very small grouping of men for the U.S. Yeah, I think we're used to seeing the Nathan Chens and the Vincent Joes <laughs> and the Jason Browns and... <laughs> All of them competing, and I think it just looks very different. And I, you know what? I think it's okay. Yeah, yeah. I think it's okay that it looks different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know for me, um, because I studied the dance list <laughs> very closely, um, I'm excited to see what Caroline Green and Michael Parsons do this season. Of course, they competed at their first Worlds last year. Also, 
um, Matteo Zani's little school, he's getting more and more kids at the senior level because the Moraceks will be Morazeks will be going to senior. And I'm wondering, you know, how will they stack up against the other sibling team of the Tashlers? And I think it could be exciting for that training group because they can continue to build and push each other and have an internal competition. Like the number of higher level teams that seem to be joining that group, I think it's going to build to something that... um could be at a much higher level, give it a couple of seasons. And again, in Iceland, I think we have to keep an eye on uh, Alison Reed and Saulius Ambrodovicius. I'm mentioning this because they represent Lithuania and European Championship is now going to be in Lithuania. <laughs> mm-hmm. And last year, they were just outside of the European podium by a little margin behind the um, Finnish team, Julia Turkila and Matthias Persuid. So I think that this year they're going to push even harder to make sure that they actually show their potential and what they can do and hopefully get European medal that they are very much trying to get. Matteo, you're right. Mm-hmm. I think, too, they... I loved their free dance last year. I thought it was so much fun. It was different. And we had Allison and Kathy on the podcast, um, I think, earlier in March was so much fun to talk just about the process with them. And there's such a passion for skating that comes across. I think when you talk to Allison and I agree, I think there are lots of little stories to be told this season and how they play out is still going to be a mystery until we have those competitions. So it's very, very exciting to see how things go. Well, with that, we have reached the end of our discussion about the Grand Prix. Gina, can you let folks know where they can find us? And I'm sure we'll be talking about the Grand Prix more as we go on until we start in October. Because as we said, there will be a lot of changes. So if we didn't mention something, don't worry. We'll bring it up sometime within the summer before the Grand Prix starts in October at Skate America in Allen, Texas, which I hope to be at. But where you can find us, you can find us on our website. It's thisweekinskating.com on social media, Twitter at this WK in skating and Facebook and Instagram. It's this week in skating. We love your feedback or your questions. Feel free to reach out to us and let us know what you're excited about for this upcoming Grand Prix season. You can reach out to us on social media or email us at thisweekinskating at gmail.com. We appreciate all the support that we've received via email and social media. Please keep it coming. Um, Mateo, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. We're so happy to have you with us to break all of this down. I know you're probably, like me, figuring out which competitions you're going to go to this season because it's... You, you really have to do like financially do the ma- the well, you need an Excel spreadsheet because you got to do the math of cost, the math of the dates, time off from work, because like Gina and I, Mateo also works full time at something outside of the skating world. So it takes a lot of finagling, I guess, to figure out what's going to work. 
that's totally correct. But it's one of those exciting things that we like to slot in our lives, isn't it? So it is. <laughs> we always say it that is. we need a bit of time off to rest. We need a bit of time off for the family. And then we need time off for the skating, which is one of our priorities. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. Um, when we're recording this, I'm actually taking some extra time off for a holiday. And this was not for skating. It was not for anything other than rest. And um, so far it's been wonderful. There's just always so much that I want to do. I know Gina feels the same way. Mm -hmm. We wish we could go to everything. It's just not possible. Like I'm not going to be an Allen this year for Skate America because I'm going to be with my friends who podcast. We're doing a get together. And I knew that when we picked the dates, I I knew it was going to overlap, but you know, again, like you said, there are things that you have to to plan around. And um, I know that the Team Twiz is going to be well represented by Gina being there. Yes, I hope to be at Skate America. That's the goal. Hopefully, you know, it'll all work out. It's Mateo, a great arena. where are you thinking of going this season? Well, uh, I'm definitely hoping to be able to go to France. Finland for the Grand Prix and Lithuania for the European Championships. And I'm thinking, again, depending on what the outcome from my spreadsheet is going to be, whether I could do an international as in outside of Europe competition. But I think that's a bit too much, but we'll see. <laughs> well, we would love to have you at Worlds in Montreal. Yeah. I would love to. I was definitely willing to come there in 2020, wasn't it, when it got cancelled? Yeah. So, yeah. We were getting ready to go. <laughs> Gina and I were like, okay, yep. next week. And then everything came crashing down. So finally, we're going to get the Worlds that wasn't. Yes. But this Grand Prix is going to start the season or start the competitive uh, process for the ISU um, to, get us, to get us to those Worlds. So anyway, um, thank you, Mateo. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, we appreciate your support. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have a nice week. <laughs>